Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Email the program at info at rudymaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World. I'm Rudy Max, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler. You're listening to the show that's all travel all the time. Nice to have you in the house this weekend. You know, we talked last week on the show about the, well, the bankruptcy, uh, the bankruptcy petition filed by the folks who own Sky Mall, that catalog you find with all the weird stuff in it, in the seat uh, pocket of the seat in front of you on an airplane. Well, Conan O'Brien on his show this week did a parody of uh, uh, the theme to the James Bond movie Skyfall. Um, let's take a listen for just one minute of it here. Where's the sky mall in my seat back? Where am I gonna find a movie real wine rack without sky mall? I feel colder. I need the warmth of your That I do not think that is Adele, but uh, it was quite clever. On Thursday, a pilot was locked out of the cockpit during a flight from Minneapolis to Las Vegas out of his cockpit. Cockpit door wouldn't open, leaving the co-pilot to land the plane safely in Vegas. Co-pilots, of course, are perfectly capable of landing an aircraft, but that's not exactly how it's supposed to be done by the book. Well, here's how we do a travel show. This hour, go to Utah to take a look at the uh, lessons learned from the Sundance Film Festival and also check in on the snow situation there at the Park City Ski Resort. Last week, we learned about the New Orleans National World War II Museum's new exhibit that illustrated the march of Allied troops from North Africa through Italy to the beaches of Normandy. But there are other places in America that were directly touched by the war, like prison camps for Italian soldiers in Arizona that can still be visited. We'll talk to the author of a book called On American Soil, How Justice Became a Casualty of World War II, about 18 after the hour. Then do you love to dance, love music? Well, yeah, there's a cruise for that. Jason Bukema, I believe that's how he pronounces his name, is founder of an experiential travel company called WET, W-H-E-T, Travel, WET Travel. He describes sailing for music lovers to Bob and Mary Carey. We'll take another look at this disturbing series of anonymous threats via social media against commercial jetliners. We'll meet Glenn Wynn, the former head of security with Northwest and United Airlines. Plus, we'll meet a guy who has spent his life traveling in search of gems, as in stones. It's a dangerous pursuit that began as a hobby, but you'll be interested to know where he finds some of these rare minerals, many of which are in the Smithsonian's collection in Washington, D.C. Uh, first, let's, uh, let's check in with our friend Michael Summer, our man in Park City, Utah. Sundance is winding down, Michael, isn't it? It was a big year for movies, huh? It was a big year for movies. It was a uh, big year for documentaries. The one that got a lot of attention is Going Clear. The one about That's the, the Scientology. Scientology. Yeah, and there was another one. There were actually two of them, weren't there? There was Going Clear and... Welcome to Leith was about the white supremacists that tried to take over basically a ghost town of 24 people up in North Dakota. Very, very well done documentary. 
Well, what I was astounded is the number of people. I mean, Park City isn't that all big. It's outside of Salt Lake City, of course, and a half-hour drive or so. But it attract, you said they attracted 50,000 people and that 4,000 films were entered and uh, only 135 um, were actually screened. Uh, but uh, there were a lot of deals made, weren't there? There were a lot of deals. People come to Park City, you know, these independent filmmakers come to Park City to get their films picked up by major studios, and that's the whole idea of Park City was for, the in, for, for Sundance. It was the independent filmmaker. And you also said those independent, you told me when we talked earlier about you being on the show, that some of those independent filmmakers raised their money uh, via, the, via websites. They're using Kickstarter and Indiegogo. It's really amazing. They, uh, Welcome to Leith, was a, they, um, they filmed everything. They didn't have enough money to edit it. They did a Kickstarter campaign, got the money, film was done. And also, this uh, this seemed to be the season of the drones as well. Yeah, drones are really becoming much more affordable. And for the independent filmmaker who can't afford a helicopter and a whole crew, you can get a drone for under a couple thousand dollars and do that aerial shot, and nobody would know the difference. Were there drones buzzing around uh, Park City? There were some. The police department actually put the, uh, told everybody, be on the lookout for drones and to report anybody flying a drone over Main Street. But there were a couple. I think I sent you the picture of one over Main Street. Yeah, you did. I think I don't know if Janet's put it on our Facebook page or not. I think she planned to. Um, and, okay, so the, the movie the movie folks are gone. We're back to skiing. There, there are. Uh, I mean, Park City is not the only ski resort outside of Salt Lake City, is it? No, we have there. There are ski Utah consists of fifteen ski resorts. We have seven within thirty five miles of the Salt Lake City Airport. That's great for travelers. That's great for travelers. And and how's the snow? I know it's not so. Well, we Mother Nature's been a little more generous in previous years, but they knew I was going on the air today. We have a couple fresh inches of powder out here. It's um, we've had better years, but. Resorts like Deer Valley, where, you know, if you want to be treated like a celebrity or a VIP, go to Deer Valley. They have valets that take the skis out of your car. They have <laughs> world-class restaurants. You will be treated. Rudy, you will have an unforgettable experience if you go to Deer Valley. I, I need to get somebody to ski down the mountain for me so I don't have to bother putting on all the boots and so on. <laughs> At Deer Valley, we probably could arrange that for you, too. But if you're, right. you want a little more adventure, want some out-of-bound skiing, something more challenging, yep. you can go up to Snowbird. Yeah, I skied in Alta decades ago. Is that still a good resort? I mean, a good it's skiing a great area, resort. I should say. It's a great resort, and it's connected to Alta these days. But one thing about Alta is, there's, like Deer Valley, there's no snowboarding. It's skiers only. Ah, okay. All right, Michael Summer, our man in Park City, thanks for checking in. Take care. Take Bye -bye. care. Michael Summer uh, lives in Park City, and uh, we thought we'd see what was going on at Sundance. Hey, uh, not all airlines are pocketing the windfall of cash. Uh, uh, they're collecting by not dropping fuel s surcharges imposed back when jet fuel costs a whole lot more than they do today. Air Asia, the discount carrier in Asia, said this week it's dropped its fuel surcharges. And the Australian airline Qantas says it will lower fuel charges by an average of 14% on award tickets. Uh, that's nice. Um, as you may have heard, uh, um, the CEO of American Airlines this week said, um, no, we are not going to pass along any savings to passengers um, as a result of our sharply lower fuel cost. Okay, well, in case there was any doubt in your mind that that ain't going to happen with the major carriers unless one busts loose of the pack and the others have to follow. 
basically, airlines have consolidated. The planes are full. Um, they had many money-losing years. They're making hand over fist right now. And they're perfectly happy with the way things are going. So don't look for any discounts there. But if you're flying AirAsia or any of their, their uh, sister airlines, the discount carriers in Asia, you'll get a break. And if you, have, um, if you have miles on Qantas, you'll get a break there as well. Stick around. We're just beginning the second hour of Rudy Max's World. When we come back, we're going to talk about you know, stuff a lot of American history books don't teach about. For example, I didn't know until uh, I talked to this guest who's coming on next, John Hammond that we put a lot of Italian POWs to work in agriculture out in Arizona from their prison camps during World War II. Stick around. You can visit these places. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025 or follow the program at RudyMaxa.com. We'll be right back. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's urgent news for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-488-9000. That's 800-488-9000. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. To connect with the program, call 800-387-8025. That's 800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 18 minutes after the hour, and this hour of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by TriCalm. Whether you travel or not, do you experience dead, dry skin? Between cold weather and dry cabin air on planes, that's a recipe for dry, uncomfortable skin. And TriCalm works to soothe 
these skin irritations. A recent clinical study showed Tricalm is five times more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by an itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, simply mail the tube back for a refund. If you have dry, irritated winter skin, pick up some Tricalm. It's easy to travel with. It comes in two-ounce tubes, perfect for your carry-on. Find Tricalm in a white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle of Walgreens, Walmart, and CVS pharmacies. Uh, Jack uh, Hammond is on the phone with us. Uh, well, he's on Skype with us. He is the author of a book that came out a, uh, a while back called On American Soil, How Justice Became a Casualty of World War II. Uh, Mr. Hammond is an author, a documentary producer, and a world traveler. We talked to him from Seattle today. Um, I wanted to talk to him about a narrow part of his book. His book actually, and I'll ask him about this in just a moment, prompted congressional legislation that helped overturn the largest and longest U.S. Army court-martial of World War II. We'll get that story in a minute. But, uh, Jack, one thing that intrigued me um, in reading about, well, parts of World War II that a lot of not Americans know about. I think we know that many Japanese Americans were interned in in desert camps during World War II for fear they might be double agents for the, for the Japanese. But uh, there are apparently places, some of these POW camps where Italians were put, Italian POWs were put up in Arizona and then used in agriculture. Apparently you can still see some of these places. Is that right? Rudy, that's right. Uh, in, during World War II, it was the very first experience in the history of America to have foreign uh, prisoners on, on American soil here in America. Uh, it all happened because uh, there was a, a, a massive, unexpected surrender of both German and Italian soldiers in May of 1943 at Cape Bon in Tunisia, North Africa. That's right across from Sicily. And the Allies had to divide up all of these soldiers that suddenly were in their care. Uh, and the lion's share came to the United States, um, who very quickly had to put together old civilian conservation corps buildings and, and other such things, but eventually uh, built out in several parts, initially in the warmer parts of the United States, uh, entire prisoner of war camps uh, in order to house them. Uh, you said the Italians, of course, uh, there were also Germans. Uh, and uh, any number of them uh, were strung all across the southern United States and the Southwest. Do you know, uh, Jack, if most Americans at that time knew that there were these big POW camps in these places? You know, you raise an extraordinary question because uh, uh, what they did know, and they knew a lot, uh, really um, has a lot to do with some of the headlines we face today with prisoners in Guantanamo and elsewhere because just like today, back then, there was a huge debate about these prisoners. They were known in the 1940s that they were there. And um, initially, it was, uh, it was much like we perhaps thought of more recently in Iraq, where people paid them no mind. But eventually, uh, the Italian government surrendered long before Italy or Germany. And the U.S. was stuck with this problem. What do we do with these soldiers who are no longer technically our enemies, but we can't just set them free for right. a lot of interesting reasons? And so, uh, as you mentioned a moment ago, there, was, uh, there were programs that under the uh, Geneva Convention were allowed to have prisoners of war fill in for the, uh, the fields that were not getting picked and the canneries where things were not getting canned, all because manpower and woman power being used for the war effort. So all across America, first it was in the South, but it was everywhere, eventually places like here in Seattle, uh, prisoners of war were in and around uh, American communities. And it was quite controversial. 
Jack Hammond is the author of On American Soil, How Justice Became a Casualty of World War II. We're talking about uh, POW campsites that you can perhaps visit as a traveler. Are any of these places, um, I mean, become sophisticated tourist sites, or are they just basic ruins, Jack? Um, most are ruins. Uh, there are travel sites. The one that comes to mind the most is in Florence, Arizona, about midway between Tucson and uh, uh, Phoenix. If you should go there today, you're going to come into a little town that's nothing but a gigantic modern prison complex where federal and state and homeland security prisoners are, are uh, housed. But there in town, they do have a center that does give the history of Camp Florence, which was one of the uh, the biggest and most significant of the Italian prisoner of war camps. They have artifacts and such there. Fascinating stuff. It is uh, fascinating. Here, here in Seattle, there's a, a now a, a major uh, city park called uh, Discovery Park where Fort Lawton once was, and they don't have as many artifacts perhaps as they should. And uh, in places like Texas, Arkansas, and elsewhere, there are remnants of some of the things that the uh, uh, Italians left behind, like, for example, in Texas, they built churches uh, by hand, these Italian soldiers, oh uh, some of them quite ornate. In the three minutes we have left, Jack, I, I do want to pay attention to the main theme of your book, which was not how to visit uh, POW camps or abandon POW camps. What was this, uh, the largest and longest U.S. Army court-martial of World War II? As it turns out, uh, when Italians and Germans were being used for labor, uh, African-American soldiers, uh, U.S.-American soldiers were quite um, resentful of the fact that right next to them, literally housed at these same facilities, uh, army forts and such, were prisoners. And the black soldiers understood that uh, in many ways they were not being treated any better than these prisoners under the old segregation. Uh, one night here in Seattle, an Italian prisoner of war was lynched, and it prompted the arrest and eventual prosecution and conviction of most of 43 U.S. soldiers, all of them black. Uh, my wife, Leslie Hammond, and, and I uh, conducted research about this um, for many, many years, and we eventually uncovered uh, uh, documents in the National Archives that ended up proving that the Army knew that it wasn't the black soldiers who killed this Italian. Instead, it was uh, a white prisoner, uh, 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 military policeman. And the Congress oh and the goodness. U.S. Army and the President of the United States all overturned these 43 convictions. Um, and your book was we, instrumental in that, I gather. Yeah, that, that's what prompted the congressional investigations was the book. But, you know, again, as I said earlier, it's uh, intriguing because uh, it was such a big deal because Americans in general, maybe a huge majority, were appalled that the United States should treat prisoners of war in anything other than what the Geneva Convention prescribed, and yet here someone had been lynched. And it's a, it's a modern story because if you visit any of these facilities, the conversation to be had is, are we as Americans in any way um, uh, even thinking or talking about uh, the, the torture and abuse of prisoners uh, from the Iraq and uh, Afghani war right now? <sighs> History repeating itself, Jack, huh? Yeah. Well, Jack's well, book is if you... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was say, and the civil rights angle there. You've got the movie Selma. You've got the movie American Sniper, two films that deal with things, and, and it's one of the beauties of travel. You can go look at history and relate those historical events to what's going on today. Couldn't put it better myself. Jack Hammond's book, if you would like to read more about the case he was just discussing, is called On American Soil, How Justice Became a Casualty of World War II. You can find it, uh, I'm sure, at Amazon.com. It was honored just as a national— it. Just yeah. Google it. 
There you go. You can find it that way. Jack Ham Hammond's last name is spelled H-A-M-A-N-N. Jack, thank you so much for dropping by the show. Thanks, Rudy. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. I, I just, uh, you know, I didn't know about this stuff. But then again, I wasn't alive during World War II, and probably you weren't either. Uber, that ride-sharing service that's sweeping the world's cities and aggravating taxi companies everywhere, has boasted that its rapid growth has led to tens of thousands of new jobs and takes a lot of private cars off the street. But this week, Uber touted another benefit. The company says it's taken drunk drivers off the road. I got a press release about this this week, and I just thought it was fascinating. The press release said that since launching its least expensive service, which is called UberX, you know, there's UberX, which is a smaller, regular car. Then there's Uber, which might be a town car, larger, more luxurious car, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, in the press release, Uber said that since launching its uh, UberX in California, drunk driving crashes decreased by 60 per month for drivers under 30. Uber says that's 1,800 crashes likely prevented over the past two and a half years. The operative word here, of course, is likely. It's hard to prove. But I will concede, I will concede that I know in lots of friends of mine who, knowing they'll be going out at night and drinking, has switched from driving their own cars to relying on Uber cars to get them to and from in major cities. In fact, I have done the same as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to credit Uber with the whole thing. But uh, JetBlue recently disappointed some of its fans by announcing it'll begin charging for check bags. This week, it got even more complicated. It added extra fees to sit in a economy plus a more spacious coach seat called Even More. Your fare depends not only on the length of your flight, but also on where the plane, where the seat is located in the plane. You'll get extra legroom, expedited security, priority access to over to luggage bins. JetBlue starting to become less of a discount carrier and more like the big boys. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's world after this commercial break. Join Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back. All coughs aren't the same, and neither are all cough medicines. Robitussin DM Max is a fast, powerful cough medicine with a unique dual-action liquid that instantly soothes your throat and relieves even the toughest coughs that can come with a cold. Wet. <coughs> dry <coughs> and hacking <coughs> don't let a cough control you control your cough with robitussin dmx soothe your throat relieve your cough and don't suffer the consequences use as directed Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's urgent news for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-488-9000. That's 800-488-9000. Lines are always open at 800 387 8025 and stay connected with the program at rudymaxa.com. Now, back to Rudy Maxa's world. It is 33 past the hour. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's world. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. 
Robert and Mary Carey here with another Carey Check-In. Earlier this week, I noticed on my LinkedIn page that our next guest is celebrating his 11th anniversary. Jason Bukema founded Wet Travel 11 years ago. Perhaps you've been on one of their floating music festivals. If you haven't heard of Wet Travel, they specialize in music and themed cruise ship charter vacations. Other companies offer similar products, but Wet Travel is a leader in the category. So we asked Jason to join us today and discuss what they offer for all of us travelers. Hey, Jason, it's Mary here. Thanks for checking in with us today. Hi, Mary and Bob. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Good to have you here, Jason. So, Jason, you're talking to an audience filled with people who love to travel. Um, tell us a little bit about who goes on these cruises and what's your most popular cruise. Well, we have all of them are pretty popular, um, and it depends on the type of, uh, of music that you're into. So we have one called the Groove Cruise, which is electronic dance music, which is DJ-focused, uh, which is very popular, sometimes sells out months and months in advance. We have Ship Rock, um, which is hard rock like um, Godsmack and Corn and um, Lip Biscuit we have on the next one coming up. That also has sold out um, several months in advance before. Uh, we have Zen Cruise, which is a wellness concept. We have Aventura Dance Cruise, which is Latin, like salsa and bachata bands. We have over 100 dance classes over three days. Um, lots of uh, really fantastic shows, um, Latin dance shows, where we fly dancers in from around the world. Um, then we have Motorboat, which is um, heavy metal with Motorhead, Megadeth, Anthrax. And, um, <laughs> they sound great. And this year, so. Yeah, those are our current cruises and we're launching we're launching the first uh, spring break cruise as well which is going to be in 2016 with uh, student city wow now that's so jason let me ask you first congratulations anytime you get to 11 years in anything you deserve uh congratulations so uh Thank certainly you. we congratulate you for that uh sh you know share with us what inspired you to create wet travel and over the 11 years you know what accomplishments with the company are you most proud of um, well, when I first started it, I had been on about 10 or 12 cruises with friends or family. And to be completely honest, I was bored. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of families, a lot of old people, and I couldn't connect with uh, the nightlife and, you know, a lot of the people on the ship. So I remember being with my brother, looking over the, the pool deck and just dreaming about what it would be like if I had the entire cruise ship and a bunch of friends and really good music and nightlife. And that's kind of how it started. Um, I had a dream to do that. The first cruise I did was in 2004, and we had 125 people go on the cruise. So, um, so these are not, I guess the saying goes, these are not your father's cruises, essentially. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they vary. I mean, some average age is 30, 31. Some average age is 45. So it just, it just depends. Is there something, though, that you look back at, a couple things that you say, wow, I've accomplished that, I'm really proud of that, you know, I didn't think I'd be able to do that, and, and we've made such an impact? Absolutely. One, one of the biggest accomplishments was just chartering my first ship. I had a goal to do it in five years. It took me seven. Uh, now we have five, and, our, you know, I think we had over 12,000 people that went on our charters last year alone, which is, which is just crazy. And then also, I always had a dream in college. Um, I have a degree in entrepreneurship from Central Michigan University, and I had a, a goal, a dream in college to get on the Inc. 500 list, and we made it last year as the number four fastest-growing travel and hospitality company wow, that, in the that, country. That, that's outstanding. And did you hit that within your goal as well? Um, that was just kind of – I didn't really have a deadline to get on the list. Um, it was just kind of a – I've always – you know, I read Inc. magazine, and I've always just kind of – 
wanted to be in there. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and, and what you just said as far as even with the cruise ships, you know, you're not walking up to a, a Carnival or a Royal Caribbean or a celebrity and saying, hey, you know what, do you, you have one sitting in dry dock I can take out? I mean, that's a process you have to go through to, to, uh, to, to reach your goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's quite a process to charter a ship. It costs, you know, up to seven figures and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. And now we're looking at expanding overseas to Europe and Asia and, and, uh, all new, new, new stuff going on all the time. But yeah, we've, we've got it, we've got it down. Obviously we, like I said, we executed five of them last year. Okay. So we're getting we're getting better and better, but there's always you know we know how to add value to the cruise lines. We understand the the business, what their risks are, you know, as well as our right. risks, uh, putting it all together. So, Jason, uh, is there a cruise that you haven't done yet uh, that you and your team might be considering for the near future? Um, Asia is close. Mm-hmm. We're really close okay. to Asia. Europe is close too. Um, yeah. Gosh, but it's it's just who knows? I've been working on that for a while, but. Um, it seems like it's close, but I've said that before, and then it didn't go through. So <laughs> we've been trying to find the right people to work with over there. It's just such a big risk to charter a ship and take it, uh, you know, off market, and, and then you know, book the talent, and, and then still right. install the ship and market it all. It's not hard well, to put two or three thousand people on a ship. J- Jason Ellison, J- Jason Bukema, Wet Travel. Uh, if you're looking for a unique travel experience, you love music. Consider checking out what Jason and Wet Travel have to offer. The website is wettravel.com, W-H-E-T, travel.com. Coming up, Rudy shifts gears and explores another travel opportunity. We're back in three minutes. Max's World phone lines are open anytime, so call us at 800-387-8025. And so is the website at rudymaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages. Data knows you love posting selfies. Others might see a reflective surface, but you see an opportunity. Like right now, you just caught a glimpse of yourself and you like what you see, and you're thinking everyone else would probably like it too. Go ahead, you've got more data and you're paying less with Boost Mobile. For only $35 a month, you can take your selfie game to the next level. Parked car window, click selfie. Person wearing sunglasses, click selfie. Anything shiny, don't mind if you do. You, my friend, have no selfie control. And data's okay with that. Come to data. Get more data for less with unlimited talk and text for $35 a month. Only at Boost Mobile. $35 plan includes one gigabyte a month of high-speed data. Video streaming limited to 3G speeds. After applicable data allotment reach, data speeds including video reduced to 2G speeds for remainder plan cycle. International services extra. Offer and coverage not available everywhere and subject to change. State and local sales taxes fees may apply when adding funds to accounts. Offer network use rules and other restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com or in-store materials for details. If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Georgia has to say about relief factor. Over the years, I've had several injuries. I have had lots of pain, and it's been hard for me to exercise. Now, I'm much more active, so I'm losing weight, and I feel better. I would recommend it to anyone. For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just $19.95, go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. 
Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's urgent news for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-488-9000. That's 800-488-9000. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Get out the map, get out the map, and lay your finger anywhere down. To participate in the program, call anytime, 800 387 8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world. It's 43 minutes after the hour. If you would like to receive my free, uh, pretty generous, it's sort of soft, squishy deadline, maybe every week newsletter. It's very personal. I write it myself. This is not how to pack a suitcase and all that kind of stuff. Um, just drop me an email. Send a, an email with uh, the word subscribe in the subject line. That's all you have to write is subscribe in the subject line. Send it to Rudy at RudyMaxa.com, and we'll put you on the, the mailing list. It's, uh, eh, it's sort of an offbeat travel newsletter. It's not your average travel newsletter. We talked last hour, and I wanted to revisit this. Um, the sort of big story in travel this week was the number of, uh, I've seen various numbers from 16 flights to 50 tweets of, or, of uh, folks threatening or at least contacting the TSA or airlines saying, hey, there's a bomb aboard this plane. Glenn Wynn is the president of Condor Avsec. He is the former head of security at Northwest and United Airlines. He's also an instructor at the University of Southern California School of Aviation Safety and security. And I wanted to get his take on this. Mr. Wynn, thank you very much for joining me on the show today. Greetings. Thank you very much for inviting me. I asked one of your colleagues this in the last hour, and I want to ask you the same question. What was your first thought when you saw the initial news reports of this, uh, of, 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 you know, more than one, two, three, four people calling up and saying, hey, there's a bomb on a plane? One word, hoax. And that goes back to my experiences with all of the threats that I dealt with over 30-some years in the airline business. And those exceeded at least uh, the 500 number, as best I can figure out. And in all those cases, nor and never did we find an explosive device on an airplane or in a building. So I look at the threats as they came in. And, of course, as you just said, there were numerous tweets involved in this. And examining each and every one of those is the job of both the airlines, the FBI, and several other agencies that get involved. 
And when you have that quantity of threats, which are extended over a very short period of time, and they say exactly the same thing, all of the agencies compare notes immediately and determine what is the credibility of that threat. Now, we know that certain flights were placed on the ground immediately. The passengers, all the baggage, all the freight, the aircraft were searched and nothing was found, and yet the tweets continued. So over a period of two weeks, if we had probably 50-plus of those right. threats, there were none, no explosives were found. Now, does, does the FBI and, and other agencies, do they get involved immediately when one of these come in? There's a, a, an actual procedure. A that, there's yeah. a procedure that takes place. The threats come in, the airlines immediately discuss them amongst themselves, but simultaneously they are discussing that with the FBI and, of course, the FAA and now the TSA. So there's, there's numerous agencies get involved from and, the, the very beginning of such a threat. And do in you expect case, or – I'm sorry, go, Glenn, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask, do you expect or do you know whether there's then any attempt to maybe be able to track down the source of the email or the tweet? Of course. You know, it, it, it reminds me way back in the 70s and the 80s when we were dealing with the Unabomber. There was immediate comparison of notes and so on and so forth. And as we know, it took a number of years to find that man. But the end of these uh, will result in the arrest of somebody or, or plural somebodies that have uh, perpetrated these crimes. And they are very, very serious because there's other factors that take place. You have the safety of the aircraft, which may be diverted. You have the safety of the crew that are causing that diversion. They're flying that airplane maybe in a route they're not familiar with all of a sudden, and yet they're excellently trained pilots and flight attendants, and they know how to handle the passengers in the back of the plane and keep everybody calm and at the same time bring the plane in safely to an airport that is destined by the FAA to bring, them, uh, to a con- bring the fact of the threat to a conclusion. We only have 30 seconds left. It might be unfair to ask you this question, but why do you suppose any planes were, were told to land? Well, initially when those threats came in, they, they took it uh, super seriously and they landed them and began the searches and determined, of course, there were no explosives. After that factor, yes, searches were conducted, but it was already uh, determined that the credibility of these threats was zero. So they put them on a ground at their determined I see. Uh, destination. Are there going to be a lot of copycats this week, next week? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. There's one other little factor I'll enter in this. You know, human nature had to determine where the flights are going, but Mother Nature canceled 7,000 flights, and that That's pretty true. much put this to an end. Excellent point. Glenn Wynn is the president of Condor AFSEC. He's a former head of security at Northwest United Airlines. Thank you for stopping by, Mr. Wynn. I appreciate your uh, wisdom on this. You're quite welcome. Thank you. Take care. Have a nice weekend. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's World in a Moment. Talk about a guy who travels to look for gems and, by the way, has a public television series that's uh, coming up on just that subject. To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show. 
You know, one of the great uh, joys of doing this show for the last several years has been learning why people travel and the, the so many, many different reasons people travel. My next guest travels for a reason I never considered before. It's a new one to me. Thomas Nagan is an expert on gems and minerals, and he is the host of a new public television series called Mineral Explorers. And Thomas, um, first of all, let's get this out. Let's, I don't want to get this out. Let's get this established early on. When does your uh, public television series begin airing on stations? I know they'll be on their own schedules, but when does it when is it released? They actually it started January the seventh in ah, uh, okay. it's playing uh all across the country now. There's six episodes and they uh they play most of the stations are playing one every week. Yes, that's generally on on, on weekends I would guess as well. Um okay, let's let's back up a little. Okay. Uh, how did you get interested in gems and going exploring in the dark, dangerous caves around the world? Well, I went with a friend one time to South America. We just went on a trip, and we brought, uh, we found some really rare minerals. We went to some different mines. He was a mineral Where? collector. Where? And uh, we went to Colombia and Peru and Bolivia. Well, this is no small trip then. I mean, it wasn't like you were going to <laughs> the neighborhood cave. No, no. We we went on a trip down there, and uh, he was interested in minerals, and so we went to some different mines, and we brought some back. At the uh, time I was living in the Washington, D.C. area, we took them to the Smithsonian. They loved them and asked us for more, and that's how we got started. Did they buy them from you, or you just gave them to them? Yes, they bought them for us, They said, and they said, find us more. <laughs> and what did you find? What, was, did it surprise you? Uh, no, it didn't really surprise me. Uh, we, we found uh, uh, emeralds from Colombia, and we had some uh, pyrites and quartz from Peru, and uh, some uh, uh, beautiful, be- all kinds of beautiful minerals from Bolivia, vivianites, which is a, a lusciously beautiful green translucent mineral. And uh, we take them, we bring them back and take them to uh, collectors and to museums and uh, decorators also. We also get really large pieces for decorators. How long ago was your, that first trip? Oh, about 40 years ago. 40 years ago? Did you go to high school yeah. in the Washington area? <laughs> I'm sorry? Did you go to high school in the D.C. area? Uh, yes, I did, actually. Annandale High School. I went to Walter Johnson in Bethesda. Just thought you might be a. Okay, so 40 years ago you do this. So were you bitten by this bug instantly, or did this evolve over time? Absolutely instantly. I just loved it. It, 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 I, it for me, it gave me the opportunity to travel and uh, to buy beautiful things and make money doing it. And so, uh, have you made a lot of? I mean, pardon for the crass question, <laughs> but have you made a lot of money in this? Have you found you know something uh, you know yeah. akin to the Hope Diamond? Uh, well, I didn't find a Hope Diamond, but uh, uh, I oftentimes find things that are, you know, worth uh, tens of thousands of dollars when Is I'm lucky. This... And then there's other times when you don't find very many things. But basically, we're going to the different mines around the world mm-hmm. and uh, going, talking to the mine owners and the, uh, and the miners themselves, too. And uh, in our series, we try to show people what life in the mine is, mines are like and how they take out these beautiful minerals. This is fascinating. I'm looking at your website. By the way, if you'd like to know right away more about this, mineralexplorers.com is the website for the television show. And the episode on Bolivia features amethyst and ametrine. Uh, Colombia features emeralds. Uh, the episode on Brazil features diamonds, quartz, imperial topaz. Brazil includes aquamarine and how do you pronounce it? Turmer? 
Tourmaline? Tourmaline. Tourmaline, oh, right. Tourmaline, yes. And another, Arkansas, another, a little good. Let's hear one for the hometown. Uh, quartz and Mexico silver. So six episodes, different stones. And But I, I guess I don't know how to ask you this question, but f- it seems to me you aren't the first guys in, when you're going exploring, or leaving aside the television show, which obviously you're showing people inside of mines and telling about that. But you as a personal explorer, you're going into mines that already exist. Haven't people already found the good stuff? I mean, surely you weren't the first, you two, you and your buddy weren't the first 40 years ago to bring back these stones to the Smithsonian. Well, uh, actually, some of these mines tend to be uh, pretty re- remote, and a lot of people don't travel to mines in South America. Uh, although we've gone to other ones, like in India and in Africa. But uh, no, actually, they're all the time finding new finds in the mines, because it's not just the same thing that they're digging up. Uh, as they explore these veins that go deep into the ground, they find different types of minerals, and uh, and they vary quite a bit. And that's what makes it exciting, really, because you're all the time finding something that's new and different and interesting and beautiful. Is this, in 20 seconds, is this dangerous? Uh, it can be in times, yes. Uh, yeah, I had a mine in Colombia where we... Uh, we're in a red zone there where we had to kind of negotiate with gorillas uh, uh, just to be able to mine there. But uh, in, in other, other places, it's not dangerous. So it varies quite a bit. Whole new reason to travel from Thomas Nagan, host of the new public television series Mineral Explorers. You can find more details at mineralexplorers.com. Thomas, stay safe. Uh, thanks for giving us a glimpse into your world. Thank you, Rudy. Appreciate being on the show. Nice talking to you. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Coming to the end of uh, our two hours of Rudy Max's World, I'm so glad you could join me this weekend. Let's do it again next weekend. I want to say thanks to you, our listeners, as well as the stations that carry uh, Rudy Max's World. Jeff Ryder is my engineer. Janet Eusebio McDonald is my executive producer. I'm Rudy Max. I hope to see you next weekend. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, America's number one travel radio show on the SSI Radio Network.